Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, let's go over to 1 John chapter 2, and we are just having so much fun with this. <laughs> um, 1 John chapter 2, and we, uh, we left off in verse 16 last week, um, and we barely broke into it because, you know, we got uh, talking, still talking about verse 15 and talking about some other things as well. Um, but I want to revisit uh, verse 16 tonight uh, in greater detail. So we're going to look at 1 John chapter 2, verse number 16. I'm going to get my notes here situated the way I want them. Uh, while you're doing that, if you're not already there, you're probably already there. Hopefully, I'm going to get my notes situated. There we go. <clears throat> so, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 16. It says this. It says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is what? It is not of the Father, but it is of the world. So um, we're going to go back and read this section, verse uh, 15 through 17, has to do with not loving the world. Verse 15 said it this way, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And what that actually means is, it doesn't mean, uh, you know, if, if a believer was loving the things of the world, it doesn't mean that they lost their salvation. What it means is you're fellowshipping with something that you shouldn't, okay? You know a believer can actually have intimacy with something that they're not supposed to. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you with something here. Um, how many have ever heard of adultery? Okay. <laughs> the rest of you are lying. All right. Or you're too young. <laughs> no. Mo most people have heard of adultery, but do you, do you know what adultery originally is? It's not actually something physical. It manifests itself physically. It's something spiritual. God actually sees you as his spouse. Okay? And so, you know when Paul goes into great detail concerning marriage, and he says at the end, he says, I'm telling you a mystery, but I'm really telling you this is Christ and the church so adultery in the spirit is when a believer has changed natures and given themselves to the lord but then they actually fellowship with the demonic again does that make sense okay um and so that's what it is that's what that means you're you're actually fellowshipping with a spirit that you shouldn't be and if you saw the spirit, you'd quit. If you could see in the spirit, you know what I mean? And sometimes people are doing this. In fact, I think probably most of the time, at least I want to believe that, um, people are doing this in ignorance. And I actually think that's the case, especially, obviously, it's total uh, uh, ignorance and darkness for somebody who's unsaved. But a lot of Christians don't realize what they're fellowshipping with or participating in because they haven't had their mind renewed to what the word says yet. Even, even, even believers will do this. They'll kind of have the sense in their heart like, this isn't right. 
but they don't know what to do with it and they'll kind of override it and just keep going in that direction. How many have ever done that before? You know, it doesn't have to be something serious. I mean, I've done it before too. You're, you're just participating in something. You kind of get this feeling like, Brother Hagin used to say it, say it this way. It's kind of like taking a bath with your socks on. You know something's wrong. It just doesn't feel right. Right? Sometimes my wife has cold feet. And so she'll go to bed with her socks on. And I would never do that because something's just not right. <laughs> Because you have all those blankets, what on God's green earth do you need the socks for? There's no reason. <laughs> yeah, I know, turn the heat up, I know. Yeah. See, we have the same marital problems everybody else does, all right? So. <laughs> all right, so anyway, my point is this, is that we shouldn't be fellowshipping or in love with the world or the world system. I'm already in love with the Lord, so I'm not going to turn that and try to have another relationship. Does that make sense? Because how many know that, that this relationship, if, I, if I'm married here and I have this other relationship going on over here, how many know this relationship's going to put strain? You see it? Okay, good, good, good. All right, so we want to we want to eliminate the, anything that is uh, that is that is evil. Now I'm going to do my best, and I want you to believe with me to try to give clear instruction on what that means, because there's a the world itself. Okay, what I mean is the the planet itself is not evil. Okay, so. Everything natural is not evil. In other words, don't demonize natural things. <clears throat> okay, work with me here. I know you're thinking, but stay with me. You can actually not understand this in your head, but still believe in your heart at the same time. Okay, and that's how your head will get the information it needs. Because your spirit actually teaches your head. It's not the other way around. We're trained to do it the other way around, but that's not right. Your spirit man knows more than your natural head can actually process. And you need enlightenment. You need it to come up from the inside up here to teach your, your noodle. This is what my grandpa used to call it. And, my, and then it was passed down to my dad. And now I use it on my son. Your noodle... You know, he would say things like, Sean, use your head for something besides a hat rack. Right. So spiritually, we need to do that. Now you know what's wrong with me. You know what I'm believing out of, all right? So, all right. So natural things are not, is a car evil? It, some people say, well, it depends on if it's electric or gas. You know what I mean? Okay. But no, 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 you know, are guns evil? No. They are not. Depends on who hand, whose hand they're in. You know, uh, so I'm saying don't, don't demonize natural things. Okay? Um, because, because you'll get yourself into trouble. You'll get yourself into confusion. So verse 16, after reading verse 15, verse 16 says this, For all that is in the world... What does that mean? In the world system. So we looked at this last week, and I'm going to go to these verses probably a little bit later. 
but I don't want to repeat them right now. But we looked at this last week. Who is the prince of the power of the air? Satan is, right? Okay. The enemy tempts Christians and non-Christians alike, but this is how he gets Christians. He, he puts thoughts, temptations, he uh, shoots these arrows, these thoughts, these temptations, they're called fiery darts in the scripture, at the mind of the believer, and those darts, those thoughts are geared toward the desires of the natural body, the flesh, okay? And what we're gonna see here is the three categories of, of worldliness. And these are overarching categories. You could fill them with probably hundreds of things in each one. You know what I mean? But these are, these are just the overarching. This is, how the, this is how the world system operates. And uh, a lot of times people don't realize how much they're actually operating in them. They don't even know it because they're, they're just, their eyes haven't been opened to it yet. You know what I mean? And so let's look at these. What are they? First, they're the lust of the flesh. You see this in verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the what? Eyes and the pride of life. Okay? Let me read some other translations to you and we'll, hopefully this will give you a, a more kind of clarity on this verse because everything because of everything in the world another translation says the passionate desire of the flesh the insolent and empty assurance which trusts in the things that serve the creature life so what word is in there there's a there's a word in there called that's that's emphasized it's the word trust what is trust it's faith so don't love the world. Don't put your faith in the world system. Well, the banks are going to go under and Jesus still has a cattle on a thousand hills. Okay. Um, we, we, but, but see, here's the thing about the banks. The banks are not, the money is not evil. It just who's got their hand on it, right? Everything in the natural is amoral. It has no morality until it reaches you or any other human. And then what they do with that determines the useful or the manifestation of what it produces. I can get in a, I can get in a, 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 a SUV and I can drive around town and take meals to people and pray for people and minister to people and share the love of Christ with people. I can go and take that vehicle and I have a brother or sister in, in Christ who's in need and I actually can give them or loan that vehicle to them and they can use it uh, in, in a time of need and it becomes a blessing to them. Uh, later on in the scriptures, we see this in 1 John, but if I have the world's goods and I see my brother in need, but I don't share, how can the love of God dwell in me, right? The love of Christ. Or I can take that same vehicle and I can drive through a parade of people and run them over. Is it the vehicle that's the problem? 
It's the morality in the person or good or evil within the person. So we need to make sure that we're attaching ourselves and the motivation of what we do, even what Joy was talking about before worship, is it good or God? But we attach ourselves to the Lord in what we do, right? Because the world system is pushing a certain narrative, right? And that narrative always is conducive to the fallen nature or the desires of the flesh. It can be uh, unforgiveness. It can be bitterness. It can be hatred, right? It could be, it could be any number of things, just personal selfishness and desire. It could be, it could be, we could take anything in this natural life and use our influence for, uh, to, to manipulate people because we have personal fears and insecurities, right? And so we got to be aware of this. Here's another translation. Uh, uh, to be to that gives uh, uh, just clarity on what the world is like or the the nature of the world system it, it talks about this the passion of the flesh the desires of the eyes and the proud display of life you ever see somebody real proud about everything they have and everything they've accomplished and done another translation says the desire seated in the flesh the desire seated in the flesh another another translation williams translation says it this way the things that are that are that our lower nature and eyes are longing for in other words you're not walking in the spirit you're walking in the flesh right okay uh, another translation says this wanting sinful things to please our bodies that's pretty simple right that's pretty easy to figure out wanting sinful things to please our bodies now do you know that your flesh is still not born again if you haven't figured that out yet we'll help you right your flesh still will do what it did before you were born again if you let it now the good news is you have all the power you need to dominate it okay and you have all the forgiveness and mercy to get you to the to help you as you progress to the dominance of your flesh but we still have a sinful nature so what is the devil working at what is the world system the system that the enemy has set up in the earth what is it driving humanity towards the desires of the fallen nature, the flesh. It's given you that spirit. It's, it, it, you, don't even have to, uh, you don't even have to try to imagine some things. You'll just have a thought come. Have you ever had a bad thought come to your mind? And then right after that went, you, you have this next thought. I can't believe I'm thinking that. Maybe you weren't. Maybe your enemy just tried to seed it. So that's really the bulk of spiritual warfare right there. But I'm not teaching on that right now, but we'll get to it someday. All right. Actually, there's plenty of messages online. The, another translation says this, the desire of the flesh and the desire of the eyes, and this word is something, and the ostentation of living. Do you like that word? Maybe you can tell me what it means later. Okay, so... <laughs> 
Another one, another translation says the glory and glamour of life. The vain ambitions of life. Or, uh, and I don't know if I fully like this translation, but I think you can kind of see some truth here. From the world as its source. Instead of, as opposed to what? God as its source or the spirit of Christ within you as its source. So verses 15 and 16 tell me that Satan's world system is geared toward the enticing and the progress of the nature of the flesh. How many think it's on a roll right now? Okay. Everything that the enemy promotes finds its motivation in carnal desires. Enticing humanity into the desires of fleshly lusts is the doorway into demonic activity and manifestation. So, I know you're not going to want to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Okay? Under the old covenant, there were laws that were put in place. And if you read through the laws, there were many ones. You know, they talk about adultery. They talk about fornication. They talk about homosexuality. But you know what comes after all of those? Pedophilia and then bestiality. And I will tell you this. I'm just going to tell you this now. As people reject truth and love the lie, even in our own country, that's the direction that it will go. It will continue to. Now, you know, you, when I was in high school, which I graduated high school in 1996, um, and some of you graduated way before I did. <laughs> but even when I was in high school, I could not have imagined what, would try, what we'd be trying to be taught in our schools right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have thought. I mean, I'll just tell you this, because I youth pastored for six years, right, from 2006 to 2012. Um, and that's when uh, the, the homo homosexuality was becoming just the drive. It was really strong at that time. So we had kids uh, in our youth group that were, uh, you know, because you'd have visitors come in and people would bring their friends and stuff like that. So we'd have sometimes, you know, rainbow mohawks showing up and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And um, we're trying to love them and preach Christ to them, but not condone lifestyle. But how many know it's tough to gut a fish until you catch it? Okay? Not that we're gutting Christians, okay? So just... But you understand what I'm saying. You can't change a thought process until somebody has an encounter with Jesus and there's delivering power. Right? So you got to start somewhere. But you, if, if you allow this world and you feed on the world's system, the things that are going to begin to dominate in your life are these three areas. The things that are, that are God, like if you feed a lot on secular, uh, non-true things, and you, this is your primary, you begin to look at things and feed on things as a believer, your love will wane for the Lord and will actually increase for the things of the world. Guys, I'll just say this. I have a, a um, I mean, we, we know several, but uh, a particular uh, person in, a, in our youth group years ago 
who um, actually, I mean, had uh, a vision from the Lord. I mean, very powerful things happened in their life. And, and, to, and today, they're in a, uh, a full-blown homosexual relationship, married, and have totally abandoned the things of God. Why? Let me ask you this. Is the spirit of the world greater than the spirit that is within us? So what happened? Somebody began to love. Come on. Do you see that? So if you want your... uh, Love for the Lord to burn hot, you have to fuel that love through, not works, through what? Fellowship. And faith is the entrance in. Fellowship. Right? How, 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 how do, how, how does, uh, um, my relationship with the Lord, if I, you know, uh, we read this last week about how the impact that reading the word has four times a week versus, versus three times a week versus two times. Remember that? We read that. The difference that it made. What is that? Why, why is that? What causes that? Because when you're engaging with the Lord, when you're fellowshipping with the Lord, there's an exchange going on, Right? And you're sharing uh, your, your heart and your life with him. And how many know the better half is him sharing? Right, right, yeah, right. So, uh, and, and there's a fellowship going on. And, and what takes place in that? Okay, let's bring it down to marriage. Husband and wife, right? Fellowship, let's say you find somebody that you like. Okay, you found the one. When I found Heidi, I found the one, Right? So what did I do? I adjusted my life to be where she was. Come on, and nobody else has ever been married in here. You're all kind of looking at me like a cow at a new gate, you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know you're thinking. I adjusted my life Okay, and at each stage of the relationship, things, uh, we knew each other greater and greater and greater and greater, right? Now, the potential for, for increased fellowship and joy came, but what else came? There's the potential for the other side too, right? Because now you know the person. Come on, who can hurt you like your family or the people that know you best? Now, we got to be careful about living in hurt, okay? We just got to be careful about that because that can be a real problem in a short amount of time. But I will say this. Then what took place over time? Over time, then we dated for three years, right? Over three years. Three and a half years, okay? Now, when we were dating, <laughs> one day, I can't, we were dating for a year, I think. I think it was about a year, yeah, I should tell you in your ear, I know. She's always nervous about what I might say. I don't really blame her. But, you know, it's, <laughs> just go for it. 
this is what we all signed up for, you know. <laughs> it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Did you know that? <laughs> it's not anything bad. Okay. <laughs> It'll do no good. It's on the internet now. So, um, no, we were dating for a year and I felt like the Lord told me to go to Bible college. And so then we dated long distance for two years. Now I came home for every holiday. You know what I mean? But I knew the Lord had told me to go and I couldn't marry her anyway without, you know, legal consent. Cause I was a little bit older and she was a little bit younger, we're only three years apart. So don't get any weird ideas. All right. So not even quite three years. <clears throat> it just, when we met, okay. And so I knew though, I had to go to Bible college. Well, then we just talked on the phone a lot. And this was before cell phone. Well, no, it wasn't before cell phones. It was before cell phones are what they are today. And we, I had to buy a card for long distance. Yeah. Some, some of the younger people are like, what? Yeah. Okay. Listen to me. In the olden days, there used to be a phone attached to the wall. And you had Tia, and it, you had to do dials to dial the number, you know? <laughs> and depending on what your family was like, if you had a teenager or whatever, you had a really long cord on that phone. And that cord would be down the hallway in a room with the door shut, and somebody would be in there on the phone. We need to go back to that. And I'm sorry to say, you couldn't take the phone and check Google Maps. There was no such thing as FaceTime. The only FaceTime you had is when you saw somebody. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I mean, yeah. Anyway. So the point is here is fellowship, relationship was happening. So what else is happening in that? The, the desire to be with that person, what does what? It increases. You know, sometimes people think, well, I just don't feel like my relationship with the Lord is very, I just don't have a lot of desire there. Why? What are you feeding on? Is the spirit of the world hypnotizing you, so to speak? Don't look, don't look at those things. You, we, there has to be that process. Even like when me and Heidi first started dating, you know, I've always been pretty aggressive. Um, I know you can't tell, but I always have been. <laughs> and, uh, but so I would be the more aggressive one than she would be. She's, she's, now you can't tell as much anymore because we're getting to that point in our marriage where we start to look like each other the older we get, you know what I mean? And from what I understand, according to certain psychology things, she's going to be like me by the time we're done, and I'm going to be like her, which means I'll be the quiet one. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but... Uh... <laughs> but the point is, at some point we got married, and the intimacy became so close that we produced offspring or fruit. And guess what my kids look like? Me or, or a combination of the both, right? See, our lives are to produce the righteousness of heaven 
through what? Intimacy. So what did the Lord say to me on Sunday? He said, Sean, how do you release the potential of a seed? How did Mary release the potential of the seed as we know him, Jesus Christ? She what? Be it unto me according to thy and then she housed that word. She wombed that word. She took the, the uh, creative power of heaven, the word of the Lord, which is called seed, right? And she housed it within her until it produced or came to full term. And then what was brought forth? So if we... The reason why this is so important is because um, God has a design that you, and he actually, you're, you already do in the spirit look like Christ. It just needs to show up out here. But if we love the world and the things of the world and we focus on the things of the world, what do we miss? We miss the intimacy that was necessary in order to conceive seed. Right? Have you noticed that your righteousness does not just pop out automatically? This is why there are scriptures like Romans 6 that talk about enslaving the physical, the members, the physical part of us to righteousness. This is why there are scriptures that say, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and what? Make no provision for the flesh, where would the desire or where would the temptation come in making provision for fleshly things out of the what? The lustful world system. The prince of the power of the air, the enemy speaking to individuals to yield to the fallen or the dead, the evil, right? And so we need to be aware of that. So. For believers, it is imperative that we walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Carnal thinking and lifestyles among believers diminish the manifestation of resurrection graces in and through our earthly temples. So let me put it to you like this, because a lot of times people think, especially in our circles, they think, oh yeah, resurrection graces, you know, I'm not gonna have as many uh, visions or dreams or, or, you know, as many bodies physically healed or, you know, we think of, we think of what we consider the, 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 the more entertaining or the, the more, uh, uh, entertaining's not the best word. What's a better word? Yeah, it's, it's, we think it's spectacular. Yeah. But actually, the greatest one of the greatest, if the greatest manifestation of the resurrection is the love of God. Agape. It's the greatest manifestation. Out of that manifestation or out of that nature, which God is love. Okay, so God doesn't try love. He is love. God doesn't put love on. He is love. Out of that comes what? Healing, deliverance, all of those things, right? Freedom from the demonic, freedom from everything evil. So we, the more our minds are in line with who we are in our spirit, and the more we resist, the, the more consistently we resist the enemy and yield to the spirit of God within us, the greater the manifestation of God's presence is in our lives. To the point where, actually, Smith Wigglesworth, there's a testimony about him 
um, years ago where he leaned up against a lamppost and back then they were wood, believe it or not. And he leaned up against the lamppost. Somebody else came up and leaned, leaned up against that post and got healed. Now, see, we think about those things and sometimes in our mind we think, oh no, that's not real. Well, what did Paul do when they took handkerchiefs and aprons from him? Don't think apron like you're cooking with an apron. Okay, that's not what it is. They took cloth from him and did what? Sent it to another place. And it, when it got to that place, it actually healed bodies. Paul wasn't even there. H how? Come on, think, 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 think biblically. Right? Jesus had somebody touch his... People were so convinced that God wanted them healed that they'd go out into the street and say, maybe Peter's shadow will. You know, religious thinking does this. Well, that was because that was Peter. Last time I checked, Peter was a lot like me. He'd cuss you, cut, cut you, and then pray for you. Last time I checked, Peter had to get born again, just like I did. Last time I checked in the scripture, James said, Elijah was a man just like you. And Elijah was, he, today he probably would have been clinically depressed. If you study it out, you'll see that it's true. He was a moper. Mm, God, I'm the only one left. <laughs> But that's the nature of this world, right? Because the enemy's working, right? So, Genesis chapter 25, verse 29 through 34, talks about Esau. What did Esau do? Let's just look at that. And we'll, we have six minutes here, so we'll look at that. And... Are you getting anything? What I don't want you to go away from this thinking, and I'm going to probably reiterate this at the end. I don't want you to think, I don't think you should have any fun in your life. God is not against you having fun. Where did I say Genesis what? 25. That's where I'm going. Yeah. You go where you're supposed to. I'll, I'll see you when I get there. All right. Genesis chapter 25, verse number 29 says this. It says, now Jacob cooked a stew. He cooked a what? How many love stew? Yeah, stew's good. I like stew. And Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore his name was called Edom. I don't quite understand that right now, but someday I will. Verse 31, But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as, as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. What do we know about Esau? Fleshy. Didn't respect the things of God. What is now, now, people say, well, that doesn't make Jacob what Jacob did okay. No, it doesn't. But it also doesn't change the fact that Esau despised his birthright. Now, people think, his birthright, what's the big deal? It was a covenant of God 
with the firstborn. He didn't just despise his birthright. He despised who? The Lord. And that's why he lost it. Jacob prized the birthright. Now, did he do the wrong thing in getting it that way? Yeah, he did. But God seemed to think, might as well have somebody who actually appreciates the thing. Now, you wouldn't think that this would be that big of a deal because if you just read it with just natural eyes, you'll think, what's the big deal? He didn't even sign a contract. But the power of life and death is in the tongue. Which means if I say it from my heart, which is what Esau did, he said from his heart what? I don't even, what good is this birthright? Actually, the good of that birthright far exceeds even physical death. See, he doesn't understand the value. Why? The lust of the world... The lust of the flesh, those things dominate Esau. To the point, you know what Esau did, right? He, 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 he really went off the rails. But he married people he wasn't supposed to, women he wasn't supposed to. He could, he could have cared less about God. Where Jacob eventually wrestled with God and went from deceiver to what? Israel. Why? Because he cherished the things of God. He made them priority. Right? He made them priority. And uh, so we see here in verse uh, 32, and Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. For what? Chili? Pot of chili? That'd be like me saying, okay, you can have my full inheritance if you make me some tacos. <laughs> there ain't no way. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? It, this is the, fr it's just frivolous. There's a lack of what? Respect for the things of God. And honor. There's other things going on here. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. Verse 34 says, And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils, and then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. That's danger. You realize he, what, what he did was he despised what God said was precious. That'll get you in trouble. That'll get me in trouble every time, right? So when we're considering the things of the world, when we're considering this, what is the, what is the main point here? And we're going to be, I guess, stuck here until next week. I don't know how we're ever going to get through 1 John 2. But we will have fruit. We'll just pause and pick it up later. I don't know. But because there are 28 verses. Because <laughs> I finished the chapter this afternoon. <clears throat> But what did, he, what did he do? He's not appreciating what God appreciates. He's not valuing what God says is important. Do you know we have a lot of people in the church today, and they're saved, and of course in the world, we understand that, but I'm talking about in the church today, that they really don't, they don't really reverence God's word like they should. 
And here's the thing. A lot of times people are looking for answers away from this simple change. If you just do this, right? If you just do this. Well, you know, sometimes people say, well, we need, we need people to, uh, you know, we need to have some sort of special kind of service or different things to get this thing off of me. And I know people that have been to, I don't know how many different meetings, and they're still the same. They still have the same problem. Why? We got to be careful about that. Right? Looking for something quick and easy. That's just like the world system. If I can just get somebody else to pray enough for me, do you know God will actually, he, he, the way he has things set up, I can partner with somebody, but unless that somebody is engaged and they're going after it, they actually won't get what they're after. And I know sometimes people think, well, that's not very merciful. Actually, it's extremely merciful because he understands the benefits of maturity. So Brother Hagin would say stuff to us like this. He would say stuff to us. Uh, he'd say, it's good to get healed through laying on of hands. Have somebody pray for you. He said, but the best way is you just get it on your own by reading the word and believing. He said, that way, you don't have to depend on anybody. Your faith with the Lord. Now, let me, let me just continue with that thought. It's good that you know somebody who's good at, at walking in love, but what's the best way if I learn how to walk in love? Because then I don't need to have... Uh, Somebody else rescue me every time I'm in a difficult situation. I just have matured into the, in, in the Lord to the point where what? I'm responding out of the word. Do you know a good minister will call you up higher spiritually? A good minister will help you if you need it, but they won't make you, make you dependent to them. Now, it's the nature of the flesh and this world system to go, you gotta, if somebody doesn't help me, it's the nature of Christianity to go, I will step out in faith and believe you, Lord, and you are faithful. Now, when people hear that, sometimes they hear, oh, well, they're not gonna help me. I'm gonna go somewhere else. No, that's not it. Listen carefully. I'm telling you, if you grow, you'll become the doctor and not the patient. Some believers live in the perpetual state of being the patient. Do you know what the difference between the patient and the doctor is? Income, I love that. But that, that is part of it. That wasn't where I was going. Next week, Mike will be teaching. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's where the gown is open. Come on, think. A doctor's coat. The patients. 
Let me, let me ask you something. Which would you rather be in? Now, I know, I know it doesn't translate exactly with spiritual maturity. But guys, you can, we can become so settled in the Lord. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm saying this is where I'm going. And you say, is it hard? Do you have fears come against you? <laughs> Daily. Just like you. You say you have fears come against you. Yes. A lot less, I deal with a lot less fear than I used to. I can guarantee you that. I used to fear, uh, um, I've, I've had fears attack me from the, this church is never going to grow to, oh my God, how are we going to handle all the people? Everything. Like, so what do you do? You have to what? Do the word. Let me tell you what doing the word is like. It's feeling nothing, looking like everything's falling apart, but you hold to this, and then all of a sudden you see God come through again and again and again and again and again. Come on. The spirit of faith is just like this. I love what Mark's, Mark Hankins says. And I know it's a little Southern, and we'll end with this, but it's good. The spirit of faith will make you swing over hell on a corn stalk and spit in the devil's eye. <clears throat> I loved what Pastor Tim Davison said. What was his answer to Satan's rebellion? A God-man. It was the glory of God upon humanity and what did he say? What did Pastor Tim say on Sunday? He said, in your face, devil. Yes. Humanity and the capability that we have is such an oddity to the spiritual world that the angels go, what is man that you're mindful of him? In other words, we must be pretty unimpressive to angels, whether they're fallen or not. I mean, we, we are. I mean, you think about all the, just the mud we live in, the mess, and God looks down and goes, my crown. See, the spirit of the world will have you chasing other things. But the spirit of Christ will have you with intimacy with the Lord. You'll be able to use natural things without natural things using you. And that's the goal. That's my heart. My heart is not that you don't have a nice house, vehicles, any of the things that we know God has promised. I don't care how wealthy you get. It doesn't matter to me. But if it starts owning you, I will call you out. That would be good of me, don't you think? Since James did the exact same thing. I, don't, I want your kids to be in sports. I want your kids to be enjoy life. Whatever they, maybe they don't like sports. I want them to go fishing, hunting, whatever you want to do. Just make sure that you don't love that. Don't sell your birthright for stew. And I believe that's what the point of verse 15, 16, and if we ever get to verse 17, is. Right? Does that make sense?
Come on, guys, I'm, I'm fighting for this. I need to understand this. Because I don't want a pastor, I don't want people to, to not have, not enjoy their life. It's not like God wants you to be this stick-in-the-mud Christian. He wants, to be in, he wants to be the lead, which is justifiable. He's God. But he wants to be involved in everything you do that he leads you in. And I know the Lord, he likes to laugh. You don't believe it? He made me a preacher. He's got to like to laugh. Do you see what I'm saying? He's not against. Don't demonize natural things. Don't. Don't, don't, put, don't make them the evil thing. Don't make natural things evil. Understand the spirit world. There's influence on both sides. Right? And there's God's influence, the Holy Spirit, kingdom of God, and there's the kingdom of Satan. It's not yin and yang. Don't, don't go down that stupid path. That's, that stuff's not right. The scripture is right. Okay? Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you're helping us. We're believing you for continued grace and greater grace and understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, bless you guys. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.